You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Exodus chapter number 12 tonight, Exodus chapter number 12, and then we'll read one verse from the book of 1 Corinthians as well. Service has been wonderful so far, and it always puts you on the right track when you make much about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we've done that tonight, and I pray we'll just continue to do that here for a little while. Exodus chapter number 12, this is a, a passage you're probably familiar with, the passage, passage of the first observance of Passover. And let's read it together here in verse number one. I'll read it. You read it there silently to yourself as I read. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb... Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden it all with water, but roast with fire his head, with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And he shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until in the morning he shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet." And your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. I wrote a note here when we talk about the lamb, it ought to get us excited and ready to leave out of here. Yeah. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I'll execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token. It's a promise, a covenant. Upon the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. That's the instituting of Passover. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 7, we understand the Old Testament's the shadow, the New Testament's the substance. The Old Testament's the type, and the New Testament is the fulfillment of it. And in verse number 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it's almost enough to make a Baptist shout on a Wednesday night. Look what it says, the latter part, the bottom part of that verse. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. For just a few moments, I want to just speak to our hearts on our personal Passover. Our personal Passover. Lord, I pray for your power now. I pray that you'd help us to see the way that you'd have us to see, give us ears to hear and hearts that understand and can receive the word of God. Thank you for your sacrifice for us. Thank you for being our Passover. I pray you'd help us to see this Old Testament picture. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of Exodus is a book of divine deliverance. It's a book of redemption. I preached on that Sunday morning. 
It's a book that reminds us that God is in the business of bringing his people out. God doesn't save you to leave you where he found you, but God's always in the business of taking you from darkness to light. He's in the business of bringing us out. Chapter 12 is a great deliverance chapter. And that's because it's a chapter about deliverance by the blood of the Lamb. You read this chapter, we find that God is able to deliver, and when God delivers, He delivers by the blood of the Lamb. God promised this redemption back in the book of Genesis, and now the people of God will realize it here in Exodus chapter number 12. The people of Israel have been in bondage now for many generations. Their backs have been beaten by the whip of their taskmasters. They've been making bricks for Pharaoh. Their life has been made hard with rigorous service. And now their cry has gone up and has entered into the very ears of God. God's been attentive to the needs of his people and the prayers of his children. And God speaks to his man and gives his man a message to deliver to the people of God. Can I say that's how God worked? And that's still yet how God works. God always gives a message to the man of God delivered to the people of God. He speaks to Moses and he says to Moses, I'm going to institute something and it's going to upset everything that's happened up to this point. In verse number two, he tells him, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now, before this point, this was not the first month of the year. But God is saying, as we begin to talk about the blood of the lamb, that is the beginning point of everything. Everything that's happened before the blood, we're going to wash that away. And we're going to start life a new beginning with the blood of the Lamb. We find that this month is that month Nisan. It's in the month of April or March there on our calendar. He said, I want you to speak to the congregation of Israel, about one and a half million people. He said, I want you in verse number three in the tenth day of that month, I want you to take a lamb. That's very significant that he said in the tenth day of that month to take this lamb. Notice he said, I want you to get a lamb. He didn't say, I want you to get a dove, or I want you to get a bullock, or I want you to get uh, uh, any other kind of a sacrifice. It's very specific. He said, I want you to take a lamb. I like what he says. Every man can get a lamb. I'm glad there was enough lamb to go around. Every man who needed a lamb could find a lamb. He said, I want you to take a lamb. Look what he said in verse 4. And if the household be too little for the lamb, aren't you glad he didn't say if the house is too big for the lamb, you got to get another one? He didn't say the lamb would be insufficient. He said the lamb would always be enough, if not more than enough. He said, I want you to take a lamb. And if the lamb's too much for the house, then share the lamb with your neighbors. That's a good thing to do, isn't it? Share the lamb with those that you love. He said, I want you to take the lamb. And he said, I want you to keep it for a while. Look in verse number five. He said, you want to take this lamb. Make sure he's without blemish. So it's a spotless lamb, a specific lamb. He said, I want it to be a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goat. So this sacrifice is very sufficient, more than enough. It's very specific. Has to be a lamb. And this is a spotless lamb. They would observe this lamb for four days. It talks about that here in verse number six. It said, you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. He's saying, keep that lamb for a few days. I want you to 
touch it. I want you to observe it. If this lamb is suited for sacrifice, it's got to be clean. It's got to be spotless. It can't have any impurities. If you've chosen a lamb and you find in those four days that lamb has a blemish on it or some spot within it, then get rid of that lamb because that lamb is not going to do the job. He's got to be spotless. So they would observe this lamb after they watched that lamb from the 10th day to the 14th day. The Bible says at the end of verse number six that they would take that lamb and they'll kill it in the evening. Notice these lambs would die there in the darkness. They would die in the shadow of the evening. I thought it was significant that we're talking about over 100,000 lambs that would have to die for the congregation of Israel, but the Word of God refers to the lamb as it over and over again. All of these lambs coming together in the mind of God as one collective lamb that would die to atone or cover or remit the sin of the nation of Israel. They would take this lamb. I, I want to get to where I'm going because I'm already seeing where I'm going and I'm excited to get where it is. Uh, they take this, these lambs and they kill the lamb. The Bible said in verse number eight that they'll eat this lamb and they roast it with fire so this lamb would be acquainted with the flame. Unleavened bread is there picturing no sin, no pollution. They'd eat it with bitter herbs representing the bondage that God was bringing them out of. Verse number nine tells us they couldn't sodden it with water. You remember on the cross, I'm getting ahead of myself, Jesus says, I thirst no water for the lamb. They roast it with fire. Everything is consumed. It's interesting. As they sacrifice these lambs, these lambs would die different than every lamb that would be sacrificed from Leviticus 1 for the next 1,000 years because you study the Bible. Leviticus 1, verse number 8 and verse number 12 tell us the lamb that was sacrificed would be decapitated the head would be taken from its shoulders. The bone of the spine would be severed. But this Passover lamb would just have its throat slit and the blood poured in a basin. Why? Because not a bone of this Passover lamb would be broken. The Bible says they let nothing of it remain. In verse 11, he says, I want you to eat it in a hurry. That's the way salvation is. You got to get a hold of it in a hurry. You got not push away salvation, but get it settled in a hurry. He said, you get your loins girded. Get the shoes on your feet. Get a staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. He's saying it's going to make you want to leave. When you talk about the lamb, you're going to want to get out of Egypt. When you talk about the lamb, and here's why. He said, I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt this night. And it'll smite the firstborn in the land of Egypt, man and beast against all the gods of Egypt. I'll execute judgment. He's saying there's a universal condemnation. The firstborn of man and woman, all the gods of Egypt shall be afflicted. He said judgment is on the way. Death is on the way. But verse 13, he said the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I like that. It didn't matter who was on the inside. All that mattered is what was on the outside. There could have been a murderer on the inside. Could have been a liar and a cheat on the inside. Could have been an Egyptian shoved in there on the inside. But if they'd put their faith in that blood that was upon the wood, that blood that stained those three boards, if they'd have put their faith in that, God said, I'll just look for the blood and I'll pass over you. I thought about those doorposts. There's a doorpost to the right. There's a doorpost to the left. And then there's an upper post in the middle. All three of those posts would be stained with crimson blood. And when that death angel saw the blood, he wouldn't afflict or cross that bloodline. That's a pretty good story. 
morning. But it gets a lot better when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and read in verse number 7 when it says Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. You see the Bible in Exodus 12 makes much of the lamb, but in fact the entirety of your Bible makes much of the lamb from Genesis to Revelation. Every angle you take a look at the book and it shows us the lamb. We can see Jesus through and through. I think we can find Jesus in the ship that got Noah through the flood. We can find Jesus in the smitten rock there in Horeb. We can find Jesus in the serpent that Moses extended. We can find Jesus in the settings of the tabernacle. But I think one of the greatest pictures of our Lord is when you look at the Passover lamb from Exodus chapter number 12. This is the book of the lamb about the blood of the lamb, about the bride of the lamb. And one day every knee will bow to that lamb. He was Adam's covering. He was Abel's sacrifice. He was Abraham's substitute. The book makes much about the lamb. Study it out. You'll find he's personalized by Isaiah. He's epitomized by Paul called a Passover. He's recognized by the shepherds at his birth. He's identified by John as the lamb of God and he's glorified by the father. You study out the lamb in the book of Exodus. They say you take that lamb. He's got to be spotless. You take him there on the 10th day of the month of Nisan. If you study in the book of John chapter 12, Mary and Bethany came to Jesus and began to anoint him for his burial on the 10th day of the month of Nisan. And then you study it out. They kept that lamb for four days. They said, you study him. You see if there be any fault in him. You look for a stain, a blemish in that lamb. And if there is one, get rid of him. Can I say that's what they did to Jesus the entirety of his earthly life. They watched him and tried to find a fault in that man. But no skeptic critic, no God denier could ever find any flaw in our Savior. In fact, Pilate said he's spotless. And Judas said he's spotless. And Pilate's wife said he's spotless. And the centurion said he was spotless. And the seraphim said he's holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, they watched the Lamb from the 10th day to the 14th. You study your Bible. You find on the 10th day Jesus is anointed for his burial. On the 11th day he rides the coat of an ass into Jerusalem. On the 12th day he teaches in their synagogue. On the 13th day he's teaching and with his disciples. And on that 14th day he's betrayed by Judas into the cruel hands of Roman soldiers and taken and crucified for us. Why? Because Christ is our Passover. The lamb was spotless. It was specific. It had to be the lamb. And can I say it had to be Jesus for us. No other blood could atone for our sin. It couldn't be me and it couldn't be you. No. It couldn't be the blood of another. It's not in. It's not in. It's not in the works that we do. But the blood of Jesus Christ. I always say it's not Obama or your mama. It has to be Jesus. It wasn't Joseph Smith. It wasn't Joseph Stalin. And it wasn't Joseph Biden. It was the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone that could atone for sin. That lamb was taken and he was slain. That's what we're talking about tonight. He didn't come to live a perfect life. He came to die a death for us on the cross that we couldn't do on our own. The Bible said they kept that lamb until, and I circle that word until, because the keeping wasn't the purpose. The purpose was the death, the bloodshed of that lamb. Born to die upon Calvary. Born our sin to forgive. They took the blood of that lamb and sprinkled it there on that wood. There's a lot of altars in the Bible. But probably the best altar, the greatest altar is that one made on that hill called Calvary. 
And the blood that stained that wood that day, the lamb, the blood on the doorpost, roast with fire, Jesus suffered hell for you and I. Unleavened bread, no sin within him. Bitter herbs forsaken by his father. No water, he cried, I thirst. Not a bone of him broken. They partook of the Passover and they partook of it because they were, and they partook of it ready to get on out of here. Brother Bertram mentioned it. There's just something about the lamb that makes you want to leave. And here's what he said. As long as the blood's applied, I'll pass over you. A lot of death in Egypt that night. Death marched up and down every road, beat its terrible drum at every home. But whenever death came to the blood, he couldn't enter in there. It didn't matter who was on the inside. It didn't matter what they'd done. It didn't matter where they were from. It didn't matter their age. It didn't matter if they were firstborn or not. If they were behind the bloodline, death couldn't get to where they were. Tonight, the reason we celebrate and commemorate what we're doing this evening, the Lord instituted the Lord's table at Passover. He intruded upon the old covenant and established a new covenant in His blood. And tonight we celebrate the fact if you've been saved, the blood has been applied. And thank God, death, hell, and the grave have no claim on this body. And sin's penalty doesn't hover over my head. And the condemnation of God has been taken away because of the blood of the Lamb. Tonight as we eat this bread, Christ's body was broken for us. As we drink this juice, His blood was shed for our sin. And we'll never see hell, taste hell, touch hell, or experience hell because we have a personal Passover tonight. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.